This is the Triage Method podcast with me, Gary McGowan, and my co-host, Mr. Patrick Farrell. As you guys know, if you've been listening, these are some of the shorter episodes that we're going to be recording in response to particular questions that we have been asked, whether that be through our social media, our Facebook group, um, and some questions do come into the email as well. So that's where we're getting these questions. Yeah, they're just on that. There is effectively three ways you can get in contact to ask these questions. Well, there's, there's technically four, but anyway. So the first one is going to be, there is a form literally in the description. So you can click on that. You can type in your details, type in your question. That's probably the easiest way to get a question answered on the podcast. Okay. Then you can obviously join the free Facebook group. If you're not in there, I don't know what you're doing with your life. You know? um, so join that. You can ask questions in there. We do answer them obviously in the group itself. That's a really great place to get a conversation going around a certain topic. But also we do sometimes get questions that are really good questions that we think would benefit the podcast itself. And obviously we then discuss it on the podcast. Um, and then finally, if you do have a particular question that you want answered uh, for yourself or you know you want some very particular specific guidance, you can email us and potentially it involves you know getting a service like engaging with one of our services like maybe you do need a consultation maybe you do need to get coaching or you know want to join one of like the group coaching group coaching options um but again you can email into the info inbox and we can answer your question there or at least point you in the right direction and again if it is a good question we might just use that for these q a episodes so we can help more people but yeah just thought i'd mention that because we did actually get a few questions in true different media and people are kind of like where like where do we actually submit these questions and this week's question is what is the rule or are the rules of cheat meals and or refeeds um as part of one's diet i guess fat loss diet is assumed in this case we can discuss both. Yeah. But yeah. Yeah, because this is this is a thing like, and again, we've actually got a few questions of this over the last few weeks, months, because again, it is something that is propagated in the fitness industry. Uh, well, I don't know. It's kind of, we'll say fitness industry adjacent. Um, people in the fitness industry promote it because they basically have eating disorders themselves or disordered eating patterns themselves. So they use it like, oh, cheat meals, they stoke the metabolic fire. So they essentially use that as some sort of, you know, get out of jail free pass, you know? And so cheat meals as a concept, we've talked about it before. We've also talked about refeeds as well. So I, I can't, I'm literally not off the top of my head. I don't know the, uh, the episode number that we talked about it on, but there is podcasts on that. We have talked about all of this kind of stuff as well on site in different articles across the board. But effectively the question is, you know, should I be having cheat meals in my diet? Should, should I be having cheat days in my diet? And how do refeeds kind of play into that overall concept? Or are refeeds a separate concept themselves? And are they good or bad? So it's kind of a three-pronged question, uh, if you will. So again, we're going to assume, first of all, that it's a fat loss diet. And so you're in some sort of calorie deficit across the week. You know, So you're eating less you're taking less energy in than you're expending with the implicit goal 
uh, or sorry, the explicit goal of dropping body fat, losing body fat over time, you know? Um, so the concept goes, this is how people generally do a, a cheat meal or a cheat day. They diet for whatever, we'll say six days. They're dieting Monday to Friday. Uh, so they're in, usually it's a, a larger deficit. So they're in a 750 to 1,000 calorie deficit bigger than what we'd recommend which is you know we'll say a 250 to 500 calorie deficit like we like a, a longer time frame for dieting but they're in this larger deficit again which has its place it has a, a place in your overall strategy depending on the situation and um, but generally it is a larger deficit that people engage in and then they effectively on a saturday or a sunday they have a cheat meal or a cheat day where they effectively eat all the foods that they've been restricting themselves from. They eat ad libitum and they literally are allowed to eat as many calories as they like, right? Sometimes people will do like a, a feeding window, you know, they'll be like, oh, well, I can have my, my dinner. That's it. You know, the, the last meal of the day, that's all I can have. Some people will do like, yeah, I'll have my normal breakfast. Maybe I'll train on the Saturday or whatever. But then between after training and Saturday night, I'm allowed to eat whatever the fuck I want, you know? And so obviously there's different strategies, different ways people go about this, but effectively it comes down to, oh, I'm allowed to eat whatever I've been craving through the week. I'm allowed to eat, you know, burgers, pizzas, whatever, you know, the stuff that's not on my plan, not on my diet plan. And they're allowed to do that and still make progress, right? So it's actually really weird because this 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 is a concept that kind of i don't know belittles a lot of people's supposed beliefs right what i mean by that is you'll see hardcore like bodybuilder types like this or people that are like very much into oh no you have to eat certain foods you can only eat chicken rice broccoli you know these are these are health foods you know you though you wouldn't do that ifym stuff where you know you eat whatever you want and you fit it into your calories and macros. No, 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 that's, that's not a healthy diet, right? Because these foods are bad foods, right? They're like, those are bad foods, but then they go right around and Saturday night, they're like, Oh yeah, I can have a pizza. I can have a burger. I can do whatever the fuck, you know, I can have all these bad foods, but it's only once a week. So it's fine. But it's like, you've effectively potentially, you know, the exact same amount of calories you spent on that meal, the person doing IIFYM is spending them across the week, you know? So it's like, there's, there's some sort of like a dichotomous thought process here where you're not actually fully thinking these concepts through. Right. And, um, but that's just a, a kind of an, an aside. So the concept of doing that, if you just look at it from a thermodynamic perspective, right. And what I mean by that is just purely from an energy perspective, what a lot of people do is they'll eat at a, a severe deficit, a big deficit, Monday to Friday, and then effectively, we'll say there's there's two days because this is quite usual as well for people that are not, you know, actually doing cheat meals or cheat cheat days, but they're effectively tr treating their weekend like cheat weekends, you know, uh, where they're on plan Monday to Friday, and then Saturday and Sunday they're off plan, right? And again, you can look at it, we'll say you're supposed to, you need whatever, 3,500 calorie deficit across a week to lose roughly a pound of body fat. That's 
the general figures that are are given um, and that's what you're trying to do now you can set up your diet so that you offset whatever calorie increases you have on the weekend you can offset them by eating way less monday to friday right so we'll say on monday to friday you're in a thousand calorie deficit every single day right so you're eating a thousand calories less than you need to maintain your body weight right and then on the weekends you just don't eat enough so we'll say you're in a, a 5000 total calorie deficit across the the week you could still eat up to whatever you could eat whatever we'll say uh you eat 1500 calories extra across those two days from your your maintenance calories your maintenance will say are, are 3,000 and you've been eating 2,000 calories Monday to Friday. You've been starving yourself Monday to Friday. You're really hungry on that. But you know on Saturday and Sunday, you can then eat at your normal 3,000 and again have whatever, 1,500 extra. But you'll still be in a deficit across the week. You know, those numbers may not add up perfectly. I'm just doing them off the top of my head. But you get the kind of concept where, you know, you're still below your total calories per week to ensure that fat loss is continuing, right? And people will use that thing and go, oh yeah, like this, this disordered eating pattern that I'm giving myself is really effective because I effectively starve myself Monday to Friday, Saturday and Sunday, I eat all the foods that I could possibly want, but as long as I'm not eating too much or too many calories, I'm still losing weight, you know? So it's all good, you know? But you can already start seeing that that's, that is, as I just mentioned there, it is a, a disordered eating pa pattern where you're effectively you know, restricting and then binging, you know, and that's, that is like a, a binge restrict dis disordered eating pattern, you know? So what are your thoughts on that there, Gary, just so I can have a little sip of my coffee. Yeah. And, and like, this is something that we did touch on quite a bit in an article or in, a, in one of the longer episodes a while back on the concept of like flexibility um, in dieting and like there's pros and cons, you know, I think, like as we discussed in that episode, I think there there's a positive aspect to recognizing that it's your weekly calories that matter. Um, and I'll certainly implement that with some of my clients where I'll encourage them to, you know, if they like particularly with like some of the smaller females, like and smaller males, but like if you're if you're fifty to sixty kilos, let's say, let's say you're fifty kilos, some some women might even be lighter than that. If you're fifty kilos, like by default you're going to have very low maintenance calories, you know? So as a result, if you want to plan to go out and have a meal at a particular restaurant, like if your, if your maintenance calories are like 1200 to 1400, which most of the fitness industry just like to pretend doesn't exist, you know, that, that there aren't people like that, but, but there are, like if your maintenance calories are 1200 to 1400, like the practicality of being able to go out and have a, a meal, like, probably a thousand to 1500 calories realistically if you're you know if you're having two or more courses the practicality of that is 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 just really challenging you know it's really challenging for that individual so in that case for it, it can be effective for someone to, to to implement some sort of intervention where they're like all right i'm, I'm going to take away one or two hundred calories from a couple of days during the week like generally i wouldn't encourage more than two days like i don't want someone restricting throughout the week generally um just to allow that bit of a buffer to allow them to go out um, and, and, and you could call it quote unquote damage control, so to speak, you know? So, so they're the types of strategies that can be effective where like you're planning, it's very clear why you're planning, 
and it's not coming from a place of like you're suggesting um, disordered eating like where that becomes a little bit more of a problem is in those individuals who it like it almost spirals out of control and gets a bit worse every week you know they kind of week one it's like oh yeah I took some calories away from Friday so I could have a large meal Saturday and then week two it's like I did Thursday and Friday and then I had more Saturday and Sunday and before you know it their week looks like um you know 60 percent of maintenance Monday to Friday and then whatever 120 to 150 percent of maintenance across two days then over the weekend um like when it when it when things get like that I start to get a bit concerned um, I start to get a bit concerned that someone is, you know, maybe like losing control, so to speak, on those Saturday and, and, and Sunday, um, the days. Because one of the things that you'll see, like when people try to define um, like disordered eating or binge eating is like, it's obviously quite challenging because it's like, all right, where do we put the calorie cutoff? Like, and you know, they'll say it's, it's kind of, it kind of ten, en, ends up being quite big where it's um, a, a very large a very large meal um, at a single point in time, which could be 1,500 calories for one person, 2,000 for someone else, you know, so it, it can be a bit big. Um, but one of the key defining factors is that sense that you've, lo- you've, you've sort of lost control, you know, where you're eating and you're, you're eating with a sense of a loss of control. Like this isn't what you actually want to be doing, but you've gone beyond that point. So if someone was telling me that, you know, oh, I plan to have a bit extra Saturday and Sunday, but I totally lost control, ended up going way over. I just couldn't stop myself. I definitely wouldn't want to push that cycle forward by then further restricting midweek. I, I think that's where things get. Yeah, and just on that, so it's actually a really easy thing to fall into, yeah. and you can see the effects of it like months, weeks, months, years down the line. You know, where it, it is very easy to fall into it because, again, like you said, you have a really bad, bad weekend, and you're like, oh fuck, I ate way too many calories at the weekend so i'm going to just restrict a little bit more monday to friday so you know i was eating at well say 500 you're doing things quote unquote right you know i'm only eating like a 250 500 calorie deficit monday to friday and then you're like oh i'm going to eat at maintenance so i can have a few extra little treats on the weekend again pretty valid approach you'd be like that's good then again those little treats on the weekend those cheap meals on the weekend are a little bit bigger than you thought so you're like oh actually you know monday to friday i'm going to just Increase the deficit a little bit, 600 calorie deficit, right? Monday to Friday, we're all good. And then the next weekend, you're just that little bit hungrier and you're like, actually, yeah, kind of lost a little bit of control again and uh, had a little bit more. So, you know, I kind of have to do a little bit of damage, like post damage control. And then I still want to have this approach the next weekend. You know, it suits me, suits my lifestyle. Um, And sort of in a 700 calorie deficit now, Monday to Friday. But then the weekend, the next weekend comes around and it's, an even bigger blowout and then again next week it's let's reduce calories further and then it's another big blowout and you get into this real cycle where you essentially lose control of yourself completely at the weekend you don't have any ability to you know effectively control yourself around food it's like you don't even want the food and you eat it anyway and you see this down down the lines like people that have got into these kind of disordered eating patterns they still permeate their thought process or they still have disordered patterns around food in terms of that you'll see them constantly and this is this is actually something that's really pervasive in the the fit fam where they'll effectively be like oh yeah i'm gonna try just tighten up a little bit and then someone will bring out food you know and they'll be like oh no i just lost control i ate a load of food but i'm gonna just keep dieting keep trying to get 
keep trying to diet, keep trying to diet. And then, oh yeah, but then I had, uh, I had to have this meal with my friend over here and they again have this big blowout meal. And effectively it looks like them just constantly having these blowout meals where they just have no control. And then they're like, oh yeah, I'm, it's fine. I'm, I'm going to bring myself into a deficit. And they just always hover around this, like I'm in a deficit but I have no control around food. So I'm never actually in a deficit, but they're really restricted in their meals and they feel guilty. They're like, Oh, I shouldn't have done that. I'm going to restrict back a little bit uh, for the next few meals or the next day or whatever. And they, they effectively, you see it over time where they effectively just slowly, but surely add weight, like more weight to their bodies over time. And they're like, they always constantly feel like they're in a deficit. They're like, Oh, I'm so restricted in my food choices. I have to, you know, only eat like, veg and chicken and that, that's it you know but then they have these huge blue blowouts and they're just constantly in this cycle and you see this a lot in the fitness industry it's also unfortunately very common in like the, the real world where people effectively feel like they are dieting all the time but they're, they're because of all these cheap meals or these blowout meals they're they're never actually in a diet so even though they're they're feeling restricted for two days of the week or two meals of the day or whatever the fact that they have these huge calorie boluses every so often dotted throughout the week means that they're probably even in a surplus when you look at the week total you know and that's the issue for a lot of people and this is this is the main issue with cheat meals in general right so if you're doing a cheat meal just as a concept and you are not controlling for calories you're already putting yourself at a disadvantage and what i mean by that is you know, say you have your diet set up, you're like this, my calorie level is 2,500 and I'm going to just stick to that Monday to Friday or Monday to Sunday. It's just, that's my calorie level. Right. And then you have, oh, I'm actually just, you know, I'm going to have, allow myself one meal where I'm not sticking to this rigid plan or this rigid calories, calorie load or whatever. And I'm just going to eat whatever I want, but it's only one meal. So it can't really do too much damage, you know? And that can work for a while because, again, it might leave you, again, say your maintenance is 3,000 and you're eating 2,500. So you're always, every single day, at a 500-calorie deficit, you know, except for that day you have the cheat meal. And, you know, maybe the first few meals of them are just like, oh, yeah, I made a, a homemade pizza. It was, it was a little bit off plan. You know, it didn't really fit in my overall calories or macros, but, you know, I was actually just craving a little bit of a pizza, right? And, again, then the next week you're like, oh, well, actually, I'm going to go out for, you know, burgers or whatever and again it's like oh well actually i had the chips with them and you know, i had a beer with it as well like you know still not too too bad we'll say you just got up to that three thousand calorie level you're just at maintenance for that day Ooh, big big deal you know no big issue right but then they, the, the meals start getting more and more elaborate they're like oh well i actually went to the, the cheesecake factory and uh you know i actually got you know a three-course meal and all of them were a thousand calories each you know it's like they just get more and more elaborate and it's like oh well the cheap meal uh, basically I, I ruined the evening so i had the meal and then i came home and you know there was that tub of ben and jerry's in the the, the freezer so uh yeah i had that as well you know it's like they just get more and more elaborate bigger and bigger calorie loads and it's like okay you're you're effectively ruining all the work you've done all week or the deficit you've been in all week just so you can have this calorie bolus and again that might be the approach that is effective for you if you want to stay at maintenance and over the week and you know that these meals like you have something on it you're, i don't know you're a fucking dj on the weekend and you know every saturday you're going to have to eat more calories 
where you're going to have to consume more. And you're like, oh, this is this is the approach that allows me to maintain my body weight or maybe be in a slight deficit where I'm, I know that that meal is going to be uncontrolled or that day is going to be uncontrolled calorie wise. I'm going to try keep some sort of control of it. Uh, but basically the rest of the week, I'm staying in a deficit. But that would then imply that you are some way managing calories on that that blowout day, that cheat meal or whatever. And again, that's what we would recommend if you are going to do it. The very least, you have to control for calories. So you know where you're at. Don't have a, a oh, calories don't count uh, mindset when, when you're doing this, right? But if you're not tracking calories, the, the, the ability for you to go so far over your calorie targets is astronomical you know like again gary you've probably seen this with clients you probably ex experienced this yourself especially when you were younger or whatever you know you do really low a lot of hard work you know you, you can stick to your your fucking diet program monday to friday saturday whatever and then you're like oh yeah i'm just going to go out with the family or i'm going to go out with whatever whoever and then you just have this huge blowout meal and effectively you just wake up on monday and you're in the exact same spot you were last monday and it's like did I've just effectively in one meal, one meal, uh, set myself back an entire week, you know? So it just feels like you're, you're kind of just burning your tires. You're just fucking running them out and you're not, you're not doing anything to actually get where you want to go. Does that make sense? Yeah. Like I, I think people totally underestimate how easy it is to actually just get your calories up like ridiculously high because like recently what I've been doing is like, I've been, um, I've been training a lot. So I've been doing a lot of training, particularly a lot of like aerobic training, like which is going to be generally a lot more energy intensive than the typical weight training. And it's been like, it's been a surprise to me how, how much my maintenance has actually shot up. So like yesterday we did, we had jujitsu training yesterday morning and we just went in and he was like, like our coach was just, Wilson was like, oh yeah, we're going to do two hours of rolls. Yeah, I was like, all right, like, you know, <laughs> good crack. So like, but that, that's a hard session. And then yesterday, yesterday evening I did some, I did some running and I was quite active throughout the day anyway. So energy expenditure is way up. And then throughout the day, you know, I was kind of just, just eating relatively normally as in like, yeah, it was my granddad's birthday. So we had a meal, we had dessert, we had all that sort of stuff. I had a breakfast that was probably the same size as my normal breakfast breakfast. And then I went to the cinema last night with my parents. I know pretty cool guy, huh? Uh, went, to, went to the cinema with my parents and got, you know, shared a popcorn with my mom and got some sweets. And like, I look back at the end of the day because the odd, the odd time these days, I kind of just pin my calories into, or my food into chronometer just to kind of see where things are at, but I'm not really tracking. Um, and it was like 4,700 calories. And I'm like, shit, you know, <laughs> like that's a lot of calories to just kind of casually accumulate. And like, for me, that's fine because that's more or less like will equate to maintenance across the week for me which is pretty much what i'm looking for but the point being that you can very easily end up at very high levels of calories without even trying um and that and that was in that case like that was probably me making a couple of quote-unquote smart decisions knowing that it would be very easy to eat even more you know i didn't get my own popcorn i didn't get a, a proper coke so if you're if you're doing all these things that that regular people do like go to the cinema having a meal for your grandparents birthday you know, having a nice breakfast at home because you're home for the weekend or whatever. Very easy for these things to accumulate like really, really high. And it's not uncommon for me to see that with a client where they'll basically say, um, oh yeah, like Saturday was just a bit of a blowout. You know, I had this on, I had this on, I had this on. 
and they won't track it in their tracking document. And then what I say to them is I'm like, no, like for your own benefit, what I want you to do is go back through the day and actually track that and put it into the document. And like, it's not uncommon to see people who are like under 70 kilos, like in the sixties, just accumulate like 6,000 plus calories easily, you know, like that, that's easy work. Like, and I mean, if you, if you consider like how that then fits in, if that person was trying to be in a deficit, like there's, there's no chance that that is happening that week. So you and just, just on that, before you go on, like, we're not even just talking about like, that's very easy to do. If you are like eating pizzas, burgers or whatever, like this, like, like human food, like you could literally have, I don't know, go out to get breakfast. We'll say you go out and like, Oh, I'm having a whatever brunch with the family or whatever. And you get, eggs on toast with avocado and you know butter or whatever like that meal in, in literally like we'll say two or three slices of toast with all that stuff on it easily could be 2k calories you know and it's like this is just normal food but because there's such high fat content because you know maybe there's you got a latte or whatever there's 300 calories in that you know it all just adds up so quickly like you might feel you know a little bit stuffed from that but especially if you've been in a deficit and you've been in a, somewhat of a big deficit, you're probably quite hungry, you know? So going into that, you're already like a little bit hungrier, you know? So you have a little bit of, we'll say a little bit of room to play around with fullness. Like you probably still don't feel 100% full after that huge meal anyway, you know? Yeah, like it, it is It is shocking. Like, mo like most of the time, if I was to go out for like a, a, three, a three course meal, say with my family, and you track it afterwards, like, like you're easily looking at, two to two and a half thousand calories like <laughs> if not more you know if, you, if you're picking in a bit of bread and you're also having a couple of drinks like like you're easily pushing those numbers you know and, and, and when you see people eating out it's not it's not like one of the things about eating out that, that's interesting is that people tend to get more or less the same stuff as in if you're a 60 kilo female or there's you know the the 100 kilo 100 kilo male who trains loads the their meals <laughs> like your meals are probably going to be fairly similar, you know, and it's just unfortunate that it's much harder for smaller individuals to be able to then live a healthful lifestyle if they're also having, you know, three course meals, like very regularly, let's say, like I always feel bad for people who work in um, like HR and stuff in companies because you're often dining with, um, mm. you know, people from other companies all the time and you could have to do that multiple times per week. So that's just when that in an office, everyone seems to just bring in like, so, you know, chocolates in, uh, biscuits in. Who does this? But apparently everyone in offices does this. <laughs> <laughs> but anyway, yeah. So, so I, think that, I think that kind of covers the actual, the, the cheat meal side of things, especially like in, in an unintentional sense. The, the place where we need to kind of round this out now, I think, is the people who are using this, these types of strategies, such as cheat meals or refeeds, which like, most of the time they look the same, like, but cheat meals are refeeds where one is actually trying to attain some sort of purported benefit. So they're doing this because they think that like, not that it's benign or it's not going to cause harm, but that there's an actual benefit here. Um, and that those benefits, you know, are often related to things like it's going to increase my metabolism. Okay. So I'm going to have a faster metabolism or it's, it's going to replenish my muscle glycogen, my fuel stores and allow me to train more productively throughout the week. Um, or it might, be, it might be just that someone is saying, look, when I do this, I feel like I get a bit of a psychological boost that gives me motivation going through the week. I don't feel as 
as lethargic, I don't feel as like drained from the dieting process, etc. Now, the main difference between those two approaches where one is just having like a cheat meal or cheat day or a reef, a refeed is typically just a macronutrient composition, as in most people will refer to a, a refeed type of day or meal as one that has very high carbohydrates um, and lower fat because the intent is to get the benefit from those carbohydrates in terms of that being the primary fuel source for anyone who's exercising above low intensities, um, the replenishment of those fuel stores, um, and then some hormonal things that go into the pretty much everything like appetite regulation, um, the reproductive system, everything. So, so carbohydrates are going to be stimulatory, stimulatory of some of those things that we might be concerned with. So what are your thoughts on these strategies, Patty? What are we seeing in terms of like, like is, there, is there research to support that like, oh, you're going to have like this massive boost in metabolic race? Or what's the yeah, well, there's a few things, first of all. So I'm just going to just summarize the, the, the cheat meal thing for a second so we can kind of just box that off fully. So with the cheat meals, if you're going to engage in some sort of cheat meal style behavior, cheat day style behavior, at the very least, you need to track calories so that you can actually see where you are in a, a thermodynamic sense. So you can see that, oh, actually, I, I had 6,000 calories on that day. That's That's why... I actually am up two pounds and I'm going to have to diet now further for another four weeks or whatever, you know? So at the very least you can see that, you know, and ideally you would do some sort of, if you're doing that cheat meal type approach and you're like, Oh, I want to eat something that's, you know, not on plan or not, not my normal type of food, at least keep it within some sort of calorie level. Again, we'll say your maintenance is 3000, you know, you adjust your day some like earlier in the day or whatever, so that you can allot that 900 calories for that burger and chips that you wanted, you know, and yeah, okay, one day of the week, you're eating at maintenance, and then the rest of the days, you're in a deficit, but you've somewhat controlled calories. So if you are going to engage in those behaviors, those cheat meal behaviors, cheat day behaviors, the very least you need to be aware of and control for calories in some some regard ideally if you feel that there are foods that you want to eat the best approach is probably to find a way to work them into your diet continuously throughout the week and not have some sort of disordered pattern where you're like oh these are bad foods these are good foods you know like not have that dichotomous approach in your head you know but for some people having a little bit of something that they want throughout the week is just not a good approach for them. They're like, oh, well, I can't have one biscuit. I need to have the whole packet of biscuits, you know? So for now, for those people, you're either going to have to have some sort of an approach where you control for the calories while you have that whole packet of biscuits or you just, biscuits are a bad food for you, you know? Um, and that's, that's an unfortunate approach that you have to undergo. But again... It depends on what you're actually trying to achieve and the time frame and everything that you have to actually achieve. Okay. So I think that kind of boxes that off control for calories at the very least. Ideally, don't have disordered cheats. You don't cheat on your diet. You know, you cheat on a test. You know, <laughs> um, your, your diet should just be your, the, the food that you eat. You know, but anyway, so that's that. Then you also see people that are like, especially in the fitness realm, that are like, oh no, I actually get a performance benefit or hormonal benefit, a meta metabolic benefit or whatever from engaging in these. And like you said, Gary, that the science would support some of this stuff, right? 
but it would support it from the perspective of, we'll say, carbohydrates, right? Well, first of all, what you'll generally see people do is not prioritize high-carbohydrate meals, even though they say they're trying to get a refeed benefit. And what I mean by this is people are like, oh, yeah, I'm doing a refeed, and they'll have, like, a burger and chips. They'll go to, like, Bunsen, we'll say, and they have this fatty burger that's, like, 30% uh, fat uh, beef patty, you know? And it's like, yeah, I'm this is a refeed. And it's like, that meal probably only had about like a hundred grams of carbs. Like, yeah, that's a decent whack of carbs. Like, yeah, that's, that's nice. But that meal probably had about fucking 150 grams of fat, you know? So you're not prioritizing a meal that would get you the benefits that you're saying you're trying to get, you know, refill glycogen stores, some interaction with hormo hormones. Like obviously fat is important for hormones, but it's, it's kind of overblown in terms of, the importance of it because it's mainly cholesterol that is important for hormones and um, which again like you that's a different story we'll talk about that another day and um, but it, it's mainly that and then the interactions with like leptin and any of those kind of neuroregulatory uh hormones again it's carbohydrates that are having a bigger impact on them as well so you basically prioritize the meal that is not going to get you the benefits that you're saying you're using that meal for right now, if someone was like, oh, yeah, I'm having a refeed meal and they were literally even sushi, I'd, I'd even go with sushi, you know, like we'll say lots of carbs, lots of salt as well, and some protein, you know, relatively lower in fat. I'd be like, okay, I can get on board with this being a, a refeed meal for the purported benefits you're trying to get. You know, I could, I could potentially get on board with that. But more likely, if you're going, to, oh, I'm having a refeed meal, you're going to prioritize a meal that is very high in carbohydrates. Calories, again, should be somewhat controlled where you're like, okay, well, I'm trying to be, I want to go up to like, we'll say 150% of maintenance, you know, or up to maintenance at least, you know, whatever your approach is with that, you are still controlling for calories. It's not just, oh, I'm having whatever the fuck I want, you know, and then going, oh, yeah, it's a refeed. Yeah, man, I just needed it. I was feeling, I was feeling flat. Like you'll see bodybuilders and all of that. Oh, I was feeling flat. And they, again, prioritize this super high fat like meal pizza you know with like all the chorizo fucking pepperoni and fucking whatever like high fat uh, foods on the pizza you know it's like this isn't if you're feeling flat this is the exact meal that's going to do nothing for your your feeling flatness you know uh, or rather it's going to do the least for it you know you want to prioritize carbohydrates and yeah obviously there is carbohydrates in that but it's like this is this is not you just wanted a pizza you know, stop saying that <laughs> you were feeling flat, you know? Um, so th there's that, first of all. So if you are trying to get some refeed benefits, then your meals should, your cheat meal or your refeed meal should actually reflect those goals. So it's going to be higher in carbohydrates, relatively lower in fat, and, you know, relatively lower in protein. Again, assuming your protein goal for the day is still met, you know? So that's, that's the first thing right? Uh, your meal should actually reflect the goal. But then we have to actually address this. Is that actually doing anything for what you're trying to do? Now, the restocking glycogen, yeah, that's a that's pretty, pretty valid approach. However, even just thinking about that, I would, and again, it's, it, this depends on where you fall on your dieting practices, like what, what kind of dieting styles you like. But we'll say everyone's controlling for calories. Everyone's aware of that. If you're not doing that, then again, I, I don't, I can't really have a, 
an intellectual nutritional conversation because you that's the that's the that's the fundamentals this is just you know if you're not doing that then you're you're not doing you don't have a nutritional practice you know <laughs> um so that's the first thing so we're saying we're all agreeing on that but maybe you'd like to have you know high days low days medium days with your carbs you like to vary it maybe you like a lower carb approach maybe a ketogenic approach whatever it is right so there's obviously different approaches my approach and generally our approach is i would like to see you preferentially have a, a higher carbohydrate like i'd like to diet you on as high carbohydrates as we possibly can throughout the week you know, throughout the months, throughout your entire dieting phase. So I'd rather not see carbs get so low that you're feeling depleted or that you are at a, in a position where you feel you need to restock your, your glycogen, you know? Like I would rather not see that. Now that's obviously not always possible, especially if you are, you know, uh, some sort of physique competitor where you're very, very lean and you're kind of just on that edge where calories are just sufficient to support training just sufficient to support daily activity and you know you're really pushing fat loss so once you get down to the extremes like this you know maybe these these kind of approaches where you do bring in higher days of carbohydrates have some validity but if you are we'll say over eight percent over ten percent body fat as a male or over 15 16 percent body fat uh, as a female it's like okay well this this you still have body fat on your frame like that can still be used it's it's not it's not as much of an issue you know so bringing in higher carb approaches for those individuals i don't really see the i'd rather just see you diet overall on higher carbohydrates you know and so that one day approach of bringing in high carbs to replace your depleted glycogen or whatever, like, yes, there is obviously validity to it, but if you're going to have to do that every single week, I'd rather just see you diet on higher carbs throughout the week. Would you agree with that, Gary? Yeah, like, I think that's pretty reasonable. I mean, you know, like, the thing, the thing with these types of considerations is that we always have to remember the training process is ongoing. So if someone is, you know, training, as you alluded to, you want to be able to fuel that. You want to be able to maximize muscle retention or fuel the process of building muscle if that's you know a valid outcome here. Or you want to just fuel training performance. You know, like some of you might be listening to this and you might play a sport or you might, you know, you might engage in a couple of different activities and fueling those is quite important. And that's something we have alluded to in the past where, you know, while it is average calories that really matter when it comes to body composition the process of fueling training also has to be considered within that. And it's very reductionistic to just think, oh, once you hit your calories across the week, that's all that matters. Because very clearly, if you were to fast from Monday to Friday and then meet your calories on Saturday or Sunday, that's clearly not the exact same thing. Like any, anyone like with half a brain would realize that Friday's training session when you've been fasting and that's your fifth day probably isn't going to be as productive as if you were to have consumed and plenty of calories already so that's a consideration that goes across the board for refeeds or someone who's calling you, you know their meals cheat meals or they're saving all their calories the weekend you do have to consider how that fits together and also how that fits into the dieting experience like as you alluded to it's generally nicer to just have your carbohydrates or your extra calories across the week as opposed to just putting them to the weekend like if if it happens to fit your, your social schedule and, and meet those needs, then yeah, having more at the weekend might be fine. But overall, 
if you can just have more calories throughout the week and you, you never get to that point where you feel quite as restricted, then that's generally going to remove the need for you to have those sort of, you know, those refeeds or those days where you need to, to refuel because you won't have depleted as much in the first place. So, so yeah, I'd be very much in agreement with that. Um, like, I mean, there, there can definitely be, be, be places where refeeds can be a bit more useful and generally kind of multi-day ones are probably a bit better um, and generally in people who are dieting for much longer periods of time especially those who are getting to very low levels of body fat but you know as you alluded to most people aren't getting there like most people are when they talk about fat loss they're talking about maybe getting to 12 percent or so which most people like like higher for females, but let's say twelve percent for males, where you kind of got that position that that you're in that place where, like, yeah, you're you're seeing your abs, but like you're not covered in veins, you don't have lines in your glutes. Like, if you're not at that position, you needn't really stress like too much about needing to fuel your physiology, and you're never getting to that point where you have like as low as much uh, as significant low energy availability, unless it's the case that you're just in a huge deficit overall. Um, in which case, maybe reduce the extent of that deficit, and you might feel a bit better. So, so yeah, um, it's a pretty, it's a pretty simple and boring recommendation because I know people like to hear that, oh, you know, you can do this kind of dieting trick where you just massively increase your calories and it's going to fix everything. But in this case, it's like just just adjust your your approach overall, and, and you'll probably um, feel a bit better. You know, like I mean, it, like to play devil's advocate as well. I think sometimes we can be guilty. Like, like people who are interested in, you know, the quote unquote science, we become guilty of like swinging too far to the other side and saying, no, refeeds do not increase your metabolism. Whereas like you, you have to, I think it's easier to spell it out for people that yes, like a, having a refeed or have, just eating more food in general does increase your metabolism. It does increase your metabolic rate. And that's the case across the board. Like if you, if you go on a diet plan and you just start eating more, yeah, your metabolism increases but it doesn't generally increase sufficiently to offset the additional calories that you've eaten. So that's why you see changes in maintenance calories up or down, depending on how many calories someone is eating. But that doesn't mean that there's an inherent benefit because you're not moving closer towards your goal. Yeah, this, so, this is something that people I find really hard to grasp as a concept because they've effectively been lied to by the media or whatever. But uh, yeah, like if you look at obese people, they literally have the fastest metabolisms they have a, a faster metabolism like they're eating more so they've got a bigger thermic effect of feeding right so if they're eating 4,000 calories per day or extra than what you're eating so you're eating 2,000 they're eating 6,000 that is still a thermic effect of feeding but also every single activity they do when they weigh 300 400 pounds they are burning more calories for that unit of activity like they take one step like they basically have to do a 400 calorie or 400 pound lunge, like semi lunge to take that step. Whereas you as a whatever 200 pound male, like you were literally doing half the work to do that. Now that's obviously not perfect uh, equation, but you get the concept. Like their metabolism is greater. They're eating more and they weigh more. And they're basically the two biggest determinants of your, your metabolism. Like obviously age, gender, all that stuff goes into it. But the, the, the idea that having a faster metabolism is a good thing is somewhat wrong, you know? Yes, sir. But anyway, go on. I was saying all that matters at the end of the day is your ability to be 
above or below or at wherever your metabolic rate is. And if you can do that, you're going to move in any of those respective directions or stay the same. So like, it's, it's boring, but <laughs> just eat. Yeah. And then the next thing then, just to kind of round this up is, okay, so yeah, you can top up your glycogen stores by having that. We would argue that having a, a more steady approach throughout the weeks, months is a better approach, but maybe you just like doing that. Again, fits your social life, fits your schedule. Cool. I'm not going to argue with you having one day a week that is calorie controlled and you know it, it brings your carbohydrates back up to maintenance, maybe a little bit above maintenance, and you're using that as a refeed day so that you can then go train hard for the rest of the week. Cool. I have no problems with that overall. That could definitely be a valid approach depending on the situation, right? However, the next thing that people will say is, oh, you know, it actually has real benefits in terms of, say, leptin, right? Resetting like your, your neuroregulation of appetite and all of these kind of things. There are all these negative adaptations that occur due to dieting. You know, one day of higher calories can effectively offset all these things, right? And that just doesn't seem to bear out in the research, right? Like at the least, I would say probably three days of maintenance or above maintenance is going to be required to meaningfully affect any of those things that people are saying is effective, right? And this is generally something that you see quite a bit. Like you have people that are dieting. Like I'm sure you've seen this with your clients where, you know, you've been dieting for a while, we'll say 16 weeks and they've gotten relatively lean, right? And then you're like, okay, you haven't done any diet breaks, any refeeds or anything like that throughout that 16 weeks. And you've been tracking your, your niche, you've been tracking steps, you've do, been doing whatever. And then you're like, okay, cool. We've actually achieved what we set out to achieve. Let's go back to maintenance, right? And you bring them back to maintenance calories or roughly where you think maintenance calories are. And then it'll take about two or three days for those individuals to really start ramping up their metabolism, wherein that they start feeling more energetic. They're like, okay, actually, no, I'm not as hungry. I'm not as food focused. I feel a little bit warmer, like I'm running a little bit hotter. Um, and then also, you know, my need has spontaneously increased. Like I was tracking my, my 10,000 steps, but I just seem to be getting 12,000 now. I just seem to be doing a little bit more. And you've probably seen this in your clients your, yourself where like this just happens, but it only happens after like two, three, five days. You know, obviously it's going to be different for different individuals. Some people are going to notice it after a day. Like that's, that's fair. But the majority of people, I'm going to say about three days is what they're going to need to notice a meaningful effect. And ideally, like I would like to see people at least spend a week re refeeding, you know, uh, at or above maintenance to actually get effects from, from this approach, you know? So I'm actually just not a fan of refeed days or refeed weekends you know, maybe a long weekend, you know, you're like, oh, we have three days for this weekend. I'm going to go to calorie maintenance and I'm going to refeed. I'm like, cool, that might, like may get you some effects, but I'd rather just see people take a, a week to two week diet break, you know, uh, and effectively just eat at maintenance. And then they get a much better response from resetting all of these metabolic cues or whatever, you know? So would you agree with that? I would agree. Like I don't, I just don't implement these things with my clients in general. As in, like, most most of my clients are people, like, quote-unquote, in, in the real world. You know, like, they're, they're generally, like, there's going to be weekends anyway. 
where they go out with friends and family and eat more. Like, it's not like we have to prospectively plan like, Oh, you need to eat more to offset this. Like, it's just not a thing in the real world. Like there, obviously we have some physique oriented clients. And in, in those cases, there definitely are times where I do, you know, implement, all right, you know what, let's actually bump up carbohydrates for a couple of days or for a week, we'll do like a, a diet break. But generally, like if I'm looking to have a significant effect on some of the things you're talking about, it's going to be like a week long. But for the average general population, unless someone is competing, these just, these are very rarely on my mind. Like it's just not something I would really consider or for myself. You're dead right. So to wrap this one up, basically cheat meals, unnecessary. There's literally no benefit to them. Maybe some psychological stuff. But again, I would be of the opinion that I would like to see that spread out throughout the week and actually work like people also do this all the time where it's like oh i have psychological benefits from this and like okay well this is a disordered eating pattern that you're exhibiting just like let's not feed into this let's actually address why you get psychological benefits from basically having disordered eating you know <laughs> like let's actually address that um and rather than just like you know ignore it and go yeah let's actually just respect your disordered eating and you know feed into it but anyway, that's an aside. Uh, so yeah, cheat meals probably wouldn't instigate them, probably wouldn't bring them in. If you do feel that you need to at least control for calories across the week, across the month, across the whatever, you know? Uh, refeeding then, again, it's a valid approach, but for performance, like restocking glycogen, I'd be more in favor of just dieting on higher calories, dieting on higher carbohydrates more often throughout the entire diet. And then if you are trying to get some actual benefits, like metabolic benefits, neuroregulation benefits, like I'm seeing like three days to 14 days to actually see that. It's not going to happen in one meal. Excuse me. It's not going to happen in one day for most people anyway. So yeah, I'm not bringing in refeeds for most people. Like you, like you said, Gary, like there's going to be times with most of our most of our clients who are at gen pop where, you know, they're going to be a weekend. There's a wedding, there's a, a family outing, there's a whatever. And it's like, okay, yeah, we're just going to take the foot off the gas pedal here. And, you know, let's see how calories play out on that day. Oh, you had a little bit more, no big deal. That's just going to fuel the training process throughout the next weeks, next few weeks or whatever. And as long as we are still trending in the right direction for what we want, then we're on track, you know? Yes, sir. Like, I mean, if you want slower results and you don't want to lose fat as quick, like have refeeds and cheat meals all the time. It's a great idea. Makes sense. Right. I'm going to wrap this one up. As always, guys, you can subscribe to the newsletter. That's where you will get every week. You will get Gary talking to you in your inbox, sending you all the articles that were written that week, sending you all the social media posts we did, all the vlogs we've done, all the podcasts, everything. He also goes into some you know, book recommendations, resource recommendations, all of that kind of jazz. So if you're not subscribed to that, I would recommend subscribing to that. It's only one email per week. You know, I don't like reading multiple emails per week from companies, so we just keep it at one. The only time we'll send more than one is if there is something that we're like, oh, this is time sensitive and we think that our listeners, our readers or whatever would benefit from it. So you might get an email very occasionally midweek for something, you know? 
Um, other than that, you can follow us on social media, like, comment, subscribe, do all of that fun stuff, uh, especially on the YouTube channel, because we are back trying to build up that YouTube channel. So it does really help if you like, comment, and subscribe, and do all that stuff. I'm not gonna ask you to fucking hit that notification bell. Like, I don't do that when I look at YouTube, so I'm not gonna ask you to do that. Um, but it does really help if you do subscribe, and if you do like the actual videos. Um, and obviously subscribe on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on, if you are listening on that. Um, we do also still have coaching spaces available. We have group coaching spaces available because that's effectively an unlimited service and that's kind of slowly but surely taking off. Um, so if you are looking to get into a cheaper level or a cheaper price point for coaching, that would definitely be a good service to engage in. And again, you can ask questions in the group with that. You can also then, if you're like, oh, I don't know if that's actually for me, like you can send me an email and I will respond. I will answer your questions. If you're like, oh, what's the training structure like? What's the, how's the diet run? Whatever. I can answer your questions. You can work out if it is a service that you would like to engage in, you know? So there's male and female groups for that. So get involved if you are interested. And um, what else do we have, Gary? Oh, we have eBooks as well. Um, yeah, they're, they're doing pretty well. Like I've been talking to a few people that have bought them and they're like, oh yeah, I'm actually really enjoying these. I'm really enjoying how there's a structure. I like there's periodization. You know, people are like, oh, well, I like to train four days. They already have a kind of structure in place themselves. But, you know, some people want to just check that their, their training methodologies are on point. Some people just want to have a program where they're like, I don't want to have to think about this stuff. I'm an accountant. I don't care about this health and fitness stuff. I just want to get in shape. I just want to be, you know, where I want to be. Uh, with the physique and uh, I just want a program to follow so ideal for that and um, we have three four five and soon to be six day I don't know Gary this is going to be out on Thursday perhaps you've already released them who even knows because uh, Gary does whatever he wants um, um, yeah other than that join the free Facebook group get involved have some fun anything else Gary nothing else to add just that it's uh, too easy <laughs> Fantastic.